But this morning, we're going to finish up why a good man hesitates. Why a good man hesitates. Judges 6, 11 through 12. And Judges 6 is a story of Gideon. And Gideon's one of my favorite Old Testament guys. And the word says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Oprah, which, Ophrah, not Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress in order to save it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Here's the thing. He was hiding. You don't, what do you do in a wine press? You press grapes to make wine. You don't make wine out of wheat. Well, it's in, in in the area where the wine press was. It's kind of secluded and hidden. And he needed to get this wheat taken care of to feed the, the people. And he was afraid that the Midianites were going to come and, and uh, wipe them out and steal the wheat. The Lord is with you, valiant or mighty warrior. I think sometimes we as men will look at this and, and today say, you know, I, I sure don't feel very mighty. And I don't feel like a warrior at all. And, and, and God would say, I'm not just looking at what others see. I'm looking, guys, at what I, as God, Jehovah God, put inside each and every one of you. And he's put things in each and every one of us, little people, big people, old people, young people, men people, girl people, all people. But I want to address men today. There's, he's put within you a heart of a warrior, and I think sometimes we've abdicated our, our position as being that, being a man of God who is a warrior for God. Man, you've got a heart of a warrior. You really do. And I want you to claim that again. Young guys, listen to me. There's going to come a day where you may get married. Play your cards right and come talk to me and... I'm the doctor of love, remember? And in that, you are going to be developing right now a young warrior's heart. You fight for the good. You fight for your family. This is going to kill you. You fight for your little sisters. You fight for their honor and their reputation. And you defend them. That's the heart of a warrior. And you say, I don't feel mighty. And I'm not a warrior. And brothers, that's when we start to hesitate. Why does it happen? Why, wh- wh- where does this hesitation come from? Well, a fear of failure. A fear of failure and a fear of being exposed. The fear of failure, the fear of, of exposure. Judges 6.15, And he said to him, O Lord, how shall I defend, deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. The main point here is this. When a man's fear of failure exceeds his faith in God, he hesitates. When a man's fear of failure exceeds his faith in God, he hesitates. He'll become hesitant. And we men fear failure. Gideon is a good example, and he says, God says, hey, Gideon, Gideon, look at me, boy. 
I want you to go and deliver my people. <laughs> and remember, he's hiding from the Midianites. And Gideon reveals his insecurity. He says, but Lord, how, how could I save Israel? We are the weakest family in Manasseh. And I'm the little kid. I'm the, I'm the youngest son of the tribe, of my family. Why is it that so many men are so fearful of failure? Well, it's personal. Failure is very personal. And, and when we fail, maybe we don't, maybe people don't see it, but we believe that everybody and their brother is seeing our failure. And then we, we internalize it. Because men don't talk about the things that they're fearful of. Men won't even admit they're frightened of something. And if we fail at something, it isn't the something that we fail at because that's, that's not important. What ends up happening is we start to see ourselves as being a failure. And sometimes we don't think that God's holding up his end of the bargain. And so if we can't succeed, we don't want to get involved. I think that is the tragic part of, of the Christian family in the church today. Not our church necessarily, but, but churches throughout the land. That men have failed and they feel, fear that failure and they say, I am go- it's going to be held against me. People are pointing their fingers at me. Uh, the leadership has not been there to encourage them and, and come beside them and say, you know what, I'm gonna, son, I'm going to take the spear for you. And, and I'm going to be your, your champion. Rather, they point their finger and say, you deadbeat. I, I, I laid it out for you. How in the world can you mess this up? I say, yeah, you're right. I messed it up. I'm out of here. And so who's left to take up the mantle of, of leadership? Our ladies. And we have shame on us because we've put them in a place that they really don't belong because it's not in part of their DNA as a Christian. They don't want that. And you say, well, these women are taking over everything. Yeah, they are. Because we aren't doing what we're supposed to be doing. I'm speaking church as a whole. You know, a guy struggles in his career. Views himself as a failure. Family is struggling. It's my fault. I'm the dad. I'm supposed to be able to handle all this. That's what the preacher says. I'm a failure as a father. Probably a failure as a husband. And so we start having bad thoughts about ourselves because we fear failure. Here's another point that I think is really important to, to, to understand. The fear of exposure happens when we focus more on man's opinion than on what God thinks of us. The focus, we focus more on, God, on man's opinion, what you think of me, rather than what God has declared I am. You know, the, the, the fear is that someone's going to find this guy has been faking it through life and he's going to be exposed for, for what he really is or that he's been posing for years. You know, you hear about it all the time. You hear about these, these, these unsung heroes or the, the, the heroes that they believe they're heroes. You know, here's a guy that is a self-proclaimed uh, uh, hero in the service, never spent a day in the military, 
But the stories he tells is, you know, he jumps out of airplanes with a K-bar knife in his teeth and a hand grenade lands and wipes out the enemy. He fears being exposed for never having done anything heroic. And yet one of the most heroic things a man can do is be a man and a warrior for his wife. That's heroic. Or a daughter for her, 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 her family. Or a son. Grandkids. I've got, I've, got, I've got girls that are heroes in my family. I've got, I got girls that are they're heroines. And I've got young men that have been raised up as, as young heroes. I've got a great-grandson. Man, you look out because that kid's going to conquer the world. He's going to be the next whatever. There's great things God has for him as he has great things for your kids. And part of that, guys, is that we are heroes to our family. We're those warriors. There's a Christian comic that, that made a great living going around until he was exposed, going around telling everyone he was a high priest in a, uh, a satanic church in Southern California, and, and in reality he was just a junkie that was funny. <laughs> he didn't do anything great. And people like hearing testimonies, you know, of the, of, the, of the converted chainsaw murderer, you know, the axe murderer. They love those things, those bombastic dynamite uh, testimonies. You know, we all have a story. But I'd rather brag about what Jesus has done for me these past 45 years than when I served Satan for, for those, that short time. A buddy of mine who's a pastor over in Missouri has one of the f- most fantastic testimonies I've ever heard. And one time we were, we were doing a camp, t- camp together in Colorado, and he told me, he says, John, you know, you, you, you give your testimony, and, and I see people respond, and, and he says, man, I, I wish that I would have had an opportunity to experience some of that. And I says, brother, do you realize what you're saying? That here you are for, for the, 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 the 28 years of your life, the worst thing that you ever did was take a cookie when your mom said no. I mean, really, this guy was squeaky clean. Every day he woke up, he proclaimed the love of Jesus Christ, and he told people about it. The gal that he married, he led to the Lord. Now, that's, that's, that's being a hero. What a testimony to faithfully live. I think he's 50... He's 55, 50, somewhere now. And he's still living for Jesus. And phenomenal testimony. At work, the big boss comes in mad because the project you head up is over budget and late. And what do you do? You can blame, you can weasel, or you can lie. Sports. Sports is a place where posers hang out. They... uh, uh, when it involves our kids, uh, it, it, we we really uh, we really can be a, it can really be a great place where these posers, these bench bleacher jocks, think they're doing a better job coaching their kids than the coach, but they don't want to be involved coaching their kids because they don't want to fail. But they're being exposed. Church, oh man, churches. We were, when, when I was uh, on the, the, 
the chicken and pea circuit when I, I going around preaching and, and uh, sharing the sharing our ministry. Uh, we were I was, I was probably in fifty churches a, a a year, and I would see this, and it's it's common to everywhere. You know, you yet hey Bob, how are you? And you know Bob is furious with his wife Nan, and and they're talking about divorce, and he says, "Hey, great Dave, I'm just doing great." And, and Dave says, you know, hey, God is good. And David hasn't seen the goodness of God in years. Yep, God's good all the time. I'm just glad to be here praising Jesus. Yeah, me too. Well, we'll be praying for you. Yeah, me too. I'll be praying for you. Uh, I got to go take care, which is Jesus speak for this conversation is over. I'm out of here. A man doesn't want to appear rude, so he'll say something that sounds good. Church ease. And the truth, the two of these guys really don't care much for each other. Posers are fearful and they fear that, will ca- that fear will cause them to hesitate. And they fear being found out. And it happens in the New Testament. Listen to, listen to Matthew in 14, 28 through 30. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out, com- command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat. At least Peter, you know, we, we really are, are hard on Peter, but at least he got out of the boat and said, and, he, and, and walked on the water and became, came toward Jesus, but seeing the wind, he became afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Oh, Peter didn't have enough faith. He had faith enough to get out of the boat. But he got his eyes off the wrong thing, became fearful, hesitated. Sank. Men, it's, it's not that we're afraid of getting out of the boat or that the storms of life have us shaking. The problem is we take our eyes off of Jesus Christ. And that's when the problems for me, and I'm sure it is for you too, start happening. And so your insecurities and your fear of failure are exceeding your faith in Christ. And what happens? We hesitate. We become hesitant. And that's why some, in, some, in some area of your life, you may be sinking a little bit. Yeah, you love Jesus, but your family has almost no evidence of being spiritual. Go to church regularly, and yet there is little evidence of Christ uh, during the week. Say, I'd like to lead spiritually, but I don't know how. I'm not very good at it, and my wife knows more than me, and I can't afford to fail, so he hesitates, and the fear of failure exceeds your faith in God, and you don't draw the sword of the Spirit. And maybe God has given you a vision for a business. You'd love to try it, but you hesitate because you think, if I try it and it doesn't work, I'm going to be a failure. <coughs> this has characterized my, been characterizing me all my life. I start something, I fail, I fail, I fail, I fail. Okay, that doesn't make you a failure. You're probably in the wrong line of work. There's a ministry I need to be involved in in church. I'd like to do it, but I don't know enough. What if I'm not good enough? So instead of doing what you were created to do, fighting for your divine cause, godly men become hesitant and passive. But hey, there's hope. There is hope. I'm telling you, there is hope. 
And the hope is defeat, that when we, we can defeat the fear of failure. Ladies, this part's for you. Listen up. Your role in your man's life is bigger than you could ever imagine. It's huge. Because in so many ways, he is becoming what you think of him. And it may not be anything that you say. It may not be the words, but it certainly could be your attitude. It certainly could be the way you respond to him. Rolling of the eyes. Shaking your head. Talking to the kids about dad being a bonehead. You show me a a courageous, godly man... And I'll show you there is a woman, a wife, behind him, on her knees, praying for him and encouraging him every step of the way, even when he is acting like a bonehead. Show me a man who's grown passive and hesitant, and almost every time you're going to see a woman who said, you know, you're not any good at this. (laughs) You're not dependable. I can't count on you for anything. You're not faithful. You're never going to really amount to anything. And, you know, quite honestly, you're always blowing it. And he'll be passive. And he will hesitate. And, ladies, your your husband and your sons are going to rise or fall depending upon your opinion and expectations of your man. When you believe in your husband and affirm that verbally in your actions, he will be able to jump tall buildings in a single bound. Philippians 4.13 says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. But show or say that you don't believe in him, and he is going to hit the wall. He's going to crash and burn. Didn't know you had that much power, did you, ladies? The negative self-talk begins, I must not have what it takes. And I become hesitant. And most women need to know this. Guys, she needs to know this. Everybody, every man, listen, pay attention. Does he love me? Does he cherish me? Does he value me today? Well, you know, I married her. (laughs) That ought to be good enough. It's not. It's not. Women like words. (laughs) Oh, man, do they like words. And they like to expend those words. It's like like if they don't have... If if you've got 125,000 words that you've got to use up in a day, they feel like they're being cheated if they can't use all 125,000. So they need words. That's how God wired you. And there's nothing wrong with that. We guys tend to tease about it because we're shallow. But but it's, it's... women, you need to hear that, and you need to hear it from your man. Now, here's the tough part for us guys. You do something extra special or even ordinary, but you weren't asked to, you rack up points. But at the stroke of 12, at midnight, (laughs) the points go away. You can't bank points. We have to start all over. The guy says, well, you know, I do love you. I told you that last week. And a guy wants to know, do you still believe in me? Do you respect me? Do you admire me? Am I still your hero? And sadly, some of your ladies are saying, no, not anymore. Why not? Okay, sure, maybe he's a slug. 
but maybe you have significantly, significantly contributed to his slugdom. And when my wife tells me that she believes in me, that she feels safe when I'm around, that she trusts me and loves me unconditionally, there's absolutely nothing I can't do. Nothing. You say, well, I can't do that. It sounds corny. It's only corny if you're not sincere. Ladies, you may be thinking, my husband's not the spiritual leader, so I have to wear the spiritual pants in the family. And since you're already doing it, he probably won't. So when you have expectations and when he tries to do something and you say, that's not right, what he says to himself is, I can't win at this game. Why try? Guys, uh, we need to unsheath our swords. Now, tonight we're going to pray, and your prayer just may be, God, help us to be more Christian, and that may be it, and you just won the battle. Your kid's going the wrong way, and you haven't stepped in. You're just sitting back watching as your 14-year-old daughter is making bad decisions. Be the man you step in and say, Sweetheart, I love you too much to let you go your own way. I'm getting in this battle with you, and she will fight, and she will battle you, and she will, she will with every bone in her body, she will resist you. But deep down, she's knowing that her daddy cares. Judges 6.14, And the Lord looked at him and said, Go in your strength, in this your strength, and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? God's in it. We can't fail. I mean, even when we blow it and God's in it, we can't fail. And when you allow the Lord to be the source of your strength, you aren't going to hesitate because he's given you everything you needed to be a courageous warrior. Second Peter 1.3 says, Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. It's painful when we regret, guys. That's the most painful thing that we can do is have regret. Frank Sinatra sang that song my way, and he said, Regrets, I have a few, but too few to mention. He's a liar. He's a liar. We have regrets. Now, do the regrets control us? That's what causes the pain. My fear of failure exceeded my faith in God, and I became hesitant. And you're going to hurt for years because you didn't give it a shot. You've become a hesitant warrior. I want you now to turn this around. Turn it around today. There's a cause for you to fight. When you hesitate, you become vulnerable to the enemy. And understand this, God has given you everything you need to accomplish what he put before you. You have what it takes, men. Go in the strength that you have and act like the spiritual warrior that God created each of you to be. Let's pray. Thanks, Lord, for your word. My prayer today, Lord, is that every man and boy in this room grabs hold of these truths of your word and takes up that mantle of being the spiritual warrior in his family. Lord, may we never again hesitate. We have no reason to hesitate because greater is in he that is in you than he who is in the world. And we know, Lord, that while we struggle, our struggle 
has, does not have to be in vain because of who you are and what you've done in our lives. And Lord, if there's one here today that says, John, I hear you, but I don't know you. I don't know Jesus. I don't understand a thing you say about this, this Jesus. Well, friend, let me tell you that there is a way that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Simple prayer, and the prayer doesn't save you, but your attitude in your heart does. Lord Jesus, in the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and save me. I believe when you went and died on the cross, you died in my place that I could live with you forever in heaven. And I thank you for that. And if you've received Christ today, I want you to come and talk to me. Let me pray with you. Let me share with you. We thank you for being here. And may this be a day that you turn around, ladies, be an encourager to your, that, that warrior prince that you've been hanging out with these many years. And men, when she tells you, believe it. Don't let the enemy defeat you. I ask this and I pray over you, men, in your son's name, Jesus. Amen.